Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, we are now joined by the executive director of the Cattaraugus County IDA, Corey Wichter, to talk about that and about the IDA. Corey, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, Joe, and it's always a pleasure to uh, listen to your show and to be part of it as well, so I appreciate uh, that opportunity. Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, before we get to the Bray Miller, you know, there's a lot of people out there that hear IDA, you know, they hear it their entire life, but don't know exactly what a county IDA does. Can you explain that to the listeners? Absolutely. You know, IDA's industrial development agencies were created by the New York State Legislature in the late 60s which allowed governments, either counties, cities, towns, to sponsor uh, an IDA that allows uh, local economic development agencies uh, under their purview various abatements on value added. So things like sales tax abatement on furnishing fixtures, equipment related to a project, real property tax. When you hear the word pilot, people automatically assume Oh, by the way, that company for 7, 10, 12 years, what have you, pays no taxes. That's absolutely false, absolutely untrue. It's The IDA has the ability to, to, to incentivize that new investment. And all of that has requirements with local construction, retaining of employees, new employees, uh, things of that nature. Uh, another power that uh, or, or toolbox or tool in our toolbox we have is mortgage recording tax. And you might say, what the heck is that? Uh, in New York State, most counties have a mortgage recording tax uh, based on a, a mortgage on a property. Uh, Cattaraugus counties is one and a quarter percent. So we have the ability to, to abate that. All of those incentives truly allow that business um, with the ever-challenging landscape and, and you know, of, of working and, and investing in New York State that much more ability to make that project come to fruition. So it's all about a cost-benefit analysis, meaning what does it cost uh, the general tax base in terms of the property taxes foregone to what is the return? How, what is the return back to you know, the state, the community, the, the job base, uh, the training institutes, you know, uh, distribution networks, things of that nature. So it's really a measure. I like to say it's throwing a pebble in a pond and how many of those rings equate to value added to that given project? And I think all, often too much um, various media sources just love to pick on, you know, a project and say, you know, uh, they, they want to note all the savings and they capsulize that in one year. What they don't tell you is that's typically over a span of minimally seven to 12 years. And it's also what is that bringing back to the region? Is it local construction, you know, full-time employment, um, a new tax base? That's the other thing. IDAs were certainly stewards um, with, with imp, you know, impacted taxing jurisdictions, uh, real property tax monies. But at the end of the day, our, our mission really is, is job retention, job creation, 
real property tax base preservation and real property tax base growth. Because without that real property tax base, that's, that's really those dollars that are keeping your streets plowed, the roads paved, and the lights on in the street. So at the end of the day, it takes massive investment uh, to help allow and level out that playing field uh, to make New York State a continued the best state in the nation. Now, with that uh, in mind, with that background at the IDA, you're looking at this Bray Miller uh, situation in the city of Buffalo. We've heard, you know, we, we've heard from uh, members on the Common Council. We know the first vote was unanimous, nine uh, nothing. The mayor is pushing for this. Uh, to in your eyes, Bray Miller downtown, how important is that to the city of Buffalo? In my eyes, it's uh, it's an absolute necessary need to focus on this soul opportunity of the $562,000, all of which has been kind of left over from the ARPA funding that the city received in May of 21, which was roughly $331 million. Uh, Various programs and and, uh, institutions and uh, new envisions have benefited from that, and I I applaud the city and the Common Council for really looking uh, the best way to utilize the ARPA funding, the American Rescue um, The issue that that I see is working in Cattaraugus County, you might ask again, how does that represent to or relate to the city of Buffalo? Um, I've been an economic developer for 17 years. Western New York uh, is my hometown. Um, You know, working in in Cattaraugus County, uh, still owning a home in the city of Buffalo, uh, this is no no other place I'd want to be. So this topic has really uh, caught my attention. And working in economic development is literally just uh, a heart and soul and passion. And, and what I see in rural areas, in some regards, is, is not different than a city. You have access to transportation, health care, um, you know, medical services, food, things of that nature. So this obviously caught my attention uh, in, in many regards. And I've looked at this um, a few different times in a few different ways. And, and I just see this as, as uh, helping out a small business that opened in September of 2021, which unfortunately uh, they were un, or ineligible for any of the PPP money, any state programs, city programs. Uh, and this was just as, you know, Simonelli Development put together a massive, you know, multi-million dollar facility or a project, excuse me, that was just a surface parking lot that brought over 200 uh, affordable homes, housing to the city, uh, as well as this uh, fantastic local market um, with with products, as I as I was uh, explaining earlier, uh, that had products right from Niagara County, Cattaraugus County, Erie County, Chautauqua County, uh, local goods and, and products that that are sold right there. Uh, the continued, you know, a new uh, tax base, a new sense of feeling in the community. I mean, um, at, you know, is, is reported through this awful blizzard uh, that the city of very sadly lost so many lives. Um, you know, they were able to stay open. They were able to, to serve their community. And I think when you start to look at projects in the infill, whether it's housing and the redevelopment of the multi-use uh, buildings in this city of Buffalo, th- this is one that um, to me is, is right near the top. Um, everyone talks about wanting housing and density in the city of Buffalo, but without various retail services, it's just not going to work. So every business is, is, you know, faces challenges every day. 
I just think, unfortunately, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, through this business and their model, warp speed, uh, unfortunately, a lot beyond their control. Uh, and, and potentially, I see it as this business will allow Braymiller to, you know, pivot a bit with whether it's what they carry, what their market is, is um, you know, serving in terms of the goods and services and the products and allowing those customers to maybe, again, pivot to, um, you know, something they, they uh, want to buy versus what's on their shelf. And I think any business is obviously open to their customers, and that's just been – uh, within really a short time um, that I think Mr. Green will, will have his team uh, already considering that uh, and utilizing these dollars, uh, you know, to, to refocus or to rebrand. And I say that respectfully because I certainly do not want to speak directly for Mr. Green's business. But at the end of the day, I think these are very necessary dollars to a very needy project. And believe me, there's, there's countless needing businesses in the city of Buffalo. And these are all stalwart family businesses, often run for generations. So I certainly can appreciate and understand, um, you know, a, a councilman saying, well, if we do one for you, what about this business? Uh, but I, I just think that this is a microcosm, is a, is a much larger impact to the uh, piece of the puzzle and the key or the, to the overall puzzle and the redevelopment opportunity of tomorrow's city of Buffalo. Looking at, you know, uh, talking to members of the Common Council, they they hear they say they want to hear a business plan that's going to cha- turn things around. Do you think that's what's necessary, uh, a changed business plan? Or do you think it's people still coming back to work, right? More and more businesses moving off of that hybrid model and more people moving downtown. Uh, which one, with this money, where do you think Bray Miller is going to get more, uh, bring in more money? Is how I should word that. Is it from a, a, re, a replanned business model or more and more people coming downtown? A great question, Joe. And, and I think to to uh, I would certainly uh, support the city's council uh, for Bray Miller to be eligible for said funds, specifically by HUD and, and CDBG. Um, you know, where, and as well as uh, several requirements by the city of Buffalo, you know, in terms of a business plan, and you hit on that point. I think that is a key instrument and document that if presented in that um, the new spirit of Bray Miller, I think is something that the city uh, would, would need to look at and I think hopefully support because, again, any business should have the ability to, to you know, change as, as fast as they can, and change equates to money. And you might say, well, gee, no kidding. Uh, shouldn't every business have that opportunity at $562,000? But again, I think this project as a whole uh, is such a valuable asset and commodity to the city. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for, um, you know, making sure that the, uh, as many boxes are checked off uh, that, that would uh, demonstrate the need and use, and what is the return back? What, again, is the cost-benefit that is going to show 562000 What is the return? And I think if that return is, is in the summation of a very pointed and clear business plan, you know, everything addressing from, you know, local source products to, uh, diversity of employment, whether it's to cooking classes, whether it's, you know, helping uh, a, a, an area school, bring in students, 
some sort of, of you know, uh, metric to, to define the best use for that money. But I think the best use of that money uh, does sit uh, potentially surrounding that Bray Miller project. You know, another thing that I've, I've pointed to a lot is the location of Bray Miller now not being on Main Street. You know, we hear so much about bringing cars back to Main Street. Obviously, people take the train on Main Street going into work. Uh, do you think that Bray Miller was put in the wrong location downtown where it doesn't get the majority of traffic? You know, it, it's a very good question. And I know not to be cliche, um, driven, but the, the word location, location, location is usually uh, the basis for a successful business or an unsuccessful business. I think there was a myriad of, of reasons and topics uh, pointed by the developer on that location uh, and, and obviously some help from the city with the location. Um, but I do think there is enough traffic. And as you touched on earlier, kind of that new hybrid work model where um, you know several employee employers, excuse me, are offering you know a model of two to three days you know at home, and that would limit some of the the, the uh, automobile traffic in and around that area. There's no question about that. Um, but I think the location um, to me is is uh, it, it's an awesome looking project. Uh, if you walk in there, the the, the cleanliness and the brightness and opening. Uh, a public or a, a parking lot, a lot of things in the city, you know, parking is, is, uh, you know, a, a, a jewel if you, if you can have it as a retailer. So um, there's always, uh, you know, questions and head scratching on locations uh, after the fact, but I still think in my heart of hearts, uh, the city of Buffalo, in my opinion, um, really doesn't have any bad areas. It, it, it's best areas for that given business. And I think, uh, given what, you know, any of the circumstances may be, I think the location is, is something that is uh, very uh, fluid. You know, it's, it's whatever is changing in terms of the consumers to be there. Maybe it's some sort of delivery service. Maybe it's some sort of, you know, where they have the pickup, um, you know, type option. I, I just think the location there, I think, is very workable for this project. You know, Corey, being with an IDA and you talk about, you know, the, the businesses that will help the community, what is one of the, I, I want to word this word this nicely, but what, what's one of the bigger failures that you, you were really shocked after helping out didn't make it through and, and lessons that could be learned from that? With respect to a business not going forward or... Well, a business maybe making the wrong decision, just a, a business that, you know, would have been good for the community, but maybe the business model just, or the, the owners of the business just didn't, I don't know, made, made a mistake. What was that mistake they made and, and didn't keep going? Yeah, I mean, certainly I, I think you always look at, um, you know, cost and, and what is the, is the true cost of running that business? in the landscape of, of your, your market. I mean, everything um, from an adaptive reuse project to a retail project, um, you know, to, to com massive competitiveness uh, and pricing uh, where consumers really shop uh, for pricing. So I think at the end of the day, a lot of businesses may not be a victim of a, a direct uh, miscalculation or a misfortune. I think sometimes that, um, you know, playing field is often very, very tricky set by, you know, massive powers that be. 
And again, I would equate a little of this to like the Walmart model or Amazon, where they have just uh, taken um, so much from that local uh, business and, and, and economy. But at the end of the day, uh, as a steward, you know, to the private sector, um, you have to look at all, all those as not always good and bad. And I think businesses um, always go into it with, you know, of course, that, that, that heart first. Um, that's why I applaud the private sector and the entrepreneurial spirit, because I think there's nothing like it. It takes, a, you know, uh, just a, a, a massive heart and mindset that I'm going to make it in today's economy. Um, so I think, again, when it comes to scenarios like this, where you had a, you know, a, literally a, a global pandemic, the first one in a century, uh, opening up in September of 21, challenges with the workforce. Um, but I, I, I think things are cyclical. Uh, and that's why I have confidence in the understanding of those dollars placed into, a, a, you know, let's say an updated revised business plan uh, that may, you know, allow that business that's been operational for a few years now to reassess or re-engage and um, remarket, rebrand. And I think all of that takes a strong commitment from not only the landowner, the business owner, but as well as the city of Buffalo. And I, and I, I certainly applaud uh, the mayor for, for championing and, and supporting this project. Uh, because again, I think if you look at the city of Buffalo from the, you know, 30,000 foot level, um, a, a grocery store and access to health, fresh, local fruits and vegetables, meats, um, seafood, all of that to have it in the city, I think is an absolute feather in the cap. And again, I, I asked the question, if Bray Miller was to go dark, then what? what? What does it take to get the next grocer in? And we all know the challenges of grocery stores. Look, Topps Market, uh, I used to work at a Topps in Boston, New York, very small and, and see one in Ellicottville, right across the street from our office. But we see really the fortitude and the ups and downs that Topps Market uh, continues to face, but has been a, a you know awesome local company, uh, job provider, and access to food in areas and communities that otherwise you know would not be there. So I think you have to look at um, food service type entities uh, such as Bray Miller and and how they equate to local goods and services, local agriculture, local meats, and and having that center. Yeah, it may need a little, you know, buff up here and a touch of paint there, but I think that car is good to go. And I, and I think it's in a city uh, that will embrace uh, that investment. And I think that's been significant to date. And um, I, I think it's worthy of, of this type of program where, unfortunately, they were not eligible for a lot of different programs that business directly impacted by COVID. Uh, and let's face it, retail was drastically impacted. Um. Oh, for sure. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I think we'll we'll have to be uh, going back to you again soon when this vote happens. I very much appreciate your time, Joe, and uh, wish you well. You've got a great show and uh, always applaud WBEN for their coverage and news uh, endeavors in Western New York and for giving uh, a lot of voices to be heard. So thank you very much uh, on behalf of myself and our IDA. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 